One of our team writers, Daniel Berger, wrote an article recently titled, How to Love a Woke Person Who Does Not Love You. And that article was widely circulated, which I'm so thankful for, and there were quite a few comments as well. One of the comments made its way back to me where a a Christian lady asked the question. She said, what is woke? I know what the word means, but I don't understand what it means in this context. And so I was thinking about her question. I thought, this is very good because this idea of wokeness and social justice, is it is like the number one thing, that and all of the synonymous social constructs that go with it. But it's like the number one thing that is destroying our country now, and some Christians do not know what it means. And so I've been I've been thinking about it for a few days and decided, you know, I better write an article on it and do a podcast, and so that's what I want to share with you here. I'm not only going to define woke, but I want to work through some of those social constructs, also give you the origin of this idea of wokeness, and talk about some of the consequences. Welcome to Your Daily Drive. I am Rick Thomas. I'm so glad that you are here. We're able to do these things because of the generosity of the folks that support our ministry. Because of their faithful giving, we can give our resources to you, and I am so thankful. Therefore, what I want you to do is I want you to go and get this article. I want you to study it. And I want you to share it with 1,000 of your closest friends, and I trust it will stir up a lot of conversation. I have a ton of embedded links inside this article, and so this is a study piece. And so I trust that you will do that. And as always, if you want to talk to us about this idea of wokeness and these other social constructs, you're welcome to do that. We have a free community forum on our website, and you can come there and ask your question about that. Of course, if you have something else that you want to talk about, you can discuss it too. The title of the podcast is Two Degrees of Woke, The Innocent Idealist and the Angry Activist. One of the most hotly debated terms the last decade is the word woke. Let me give you a simplified definition of what it means. It means to be aware. As in, I have woke up to this cause, and then you can insert whatever cause you want to within those brackets, but I have woke up to this cause. Formerly, you were not aware. You were not woke. Now you are. And when you think about the woke construct, there are always two competing groups within that construct. The two competing groups are the oppressors and the oppressed. They're always antagonistic. They're always hostile to each other. It could sound something like this. The woke person might say, I am woke to your oppression, your oppression of me or your oppression to my affinity group, whichever group that that I have an affinity for. All right, so within the woke group of people, what you are going to find is a a spectrum of adherence. All woke people are not the same. In fact, that is true for any group. You can put any group in the world together, and you're going to find that there, there are spectrums because they are not identical. And so what I've done in this podcast is I've taken the woke people, and I've stretched them out onto a spectrum, and I've created two anchor points on opposite ends. And so on one end of the woke spectrum are the innocent idealist And then if you move all the way to the other end of the spectrum, what you have are the angry 
activist. Now, let me explain what I mean by the word innocent, because I realize it can be confusing. When I'm using the word innocent as an innocent idealist, I am not saying that the person is necessarily free from genuine sin. Nobody is free from genuine sin until until God forgives them of that sin. And so I'm not using the word innocent in that context. I'm using the word innocent in the context of an individual, a woke person, who is not fully apprised of or not fully aware of the historical origins and the consequences of being woke. The word that I'm steering away from is the word ignorant. I just, I don't want to be disparaging here. I I, I want to be compassionate, but also want to be direct and, and clear. And so I just chose to use the word innocent idealist instead of ignorant, because I really want people to give a listen, and I don't want to be off-putting if, if I don't have to be, and I don't have to be. And so that's what I mean by innocent idealist. Now, it's theologically fair to to say the first woke people, do you know who they were? They were Adam and Eve. They were doing pretty well in the Garden of Eden before the walking, talking serpent opened their eyes to another way of thinking, another way of thinking about God, about life, another way of thinking about each other, another way of thinking about social causes. And so in Genesis 3, 6, Adam and Eve became woke. And so the idea of woke, in a sense, is not new. It's been around for several millennia, but it's also been used in different ways. And so woke in this context of this podcast, I'm not using it in the sense of Adam and Eve being woke or even how they used it in 1860. It appears the modern expression of woke entered into our common speak in 2008 through the black community. In today's culture... Wokeness has glommed onto itself a specific and intensified meaning. And so I want to talk about that, not how it was used in 1860 and not how it was used or how you could possibly use it in Genesis 3.6. You can be woke about many things, though most of the time people connect their wokeness to the social justice movement. And I'll talk more about that later. But what you want to do is you want to trace wokeness, the modern use of wokeness, the modern origins, you want to trace it to its, to its origins. And, and where you will end up is in the Frankfurt School in Germany in the 1930s. And out of the Frankfurt School came this idea called critical theory. And so you could say that, that critical theory is the root And then out of that root grows the tree, and one of the limbs is wokeness. And there are many other synonymous social ideas that grow out of critical theory from the Frankfurt School. The Frankfurt School was a collection of smart misfits who did not adhere to capitalism or communism's unbending framework. If you believe in capitalism, it's like two rails of a train, a train track, and it sends you down a a very specific direction to a destination. Well, if you adhere to communism, it's another train track or another set of rails that goes in a different direction with a different kind of destination. Well, this group of intellectuals that made up the Frankfurt School they believed that there was a better way to think about social advancement. And so they, they did this by tying themselves to Marxism. 
but not so much with Karl Marx's economic ideas, but a Marxist sociological worldview. And so they didn't necessarily embrace everything that Karl Marx taught, but they took one slice of the Karl Marx pie, the, a sociological worldview, and then out of that they created this idea called critical theory. To be woke in today's use of the word, it means your presuppositional starting point begins in Marxist ideology. Most woke people don't know their woke history, which is one reason many Christians are jumping on the woke wagon. This truth is why it's vital for woke gainsayers like me and maybe you to understand that all woke people are not the same. And so in the context of this podcast, you have on one end of the woke spectrum, what I'm calling the innocent idealist, as in they are not aware of the origins and manifestation or ramifications of wokeness. And then if you move all the way down to the other end of the spectrum, what you have is the scold mob, whom I call the angry activists on the woke spectrum. If you ask the innocent idealist about the presuppositional roots of wokeness, they probably couldn't tell you. They've never heard of the Frankfurt School, where critical theory began. And, and what they need to know is that if you begin your presupposition with a Marxist philosophy on social issues, your activism will be consistent with Karl Marx, and the result will be something different from the Bible's end point. Most cultural, whether they're Christian or not, most cultural woke people, I assume, they do not understand how pre presuppositions determine, determine activism, which determines results. And so your presupposition is like a starting block on a track, like you do the, you're going to do a 100-meter hundred hundred dash. And you, you, your starting box is your presupposition, and so it's going to send you in a specific direction. And so presuppositions determine your activism, and, and it's going to end in a particular place. And so your activism will determine certain results. And so if your presupposition is a Marxist philosophy, well, it's just going to end in a different way than, say, the Bible's presupposition. And so because of this lack of awareness, Christians need to respond with humility and intelligence to the innocently unaware. Imagine someone yelling at you about your ignorance before God woke you up to your lostness. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, I'm using wokeness here, tongue-in-cheek, but in a salvific sense. Condemnation strategies may work for a few people, but not the entire unregenerate collective. Think about how you came to Christ. You were born in Adam, totally depraved, a dirty, rotten sinner with no hope of changing. That's your presupposition. That's your starting point. And from that presupposition, you grew up as an unregenerate child acting out according to your Adamic nature. That was your activism. And the results would have been hell if you did not become woke in Christ. If you want to give the socially confused... Another presupposition, other than Karl Marx, ask Christ to provide you with the insight to do so. I hear too much on social, I read too much on social media, these condemnation strategies where Christians are doing too much harsh yelling as though they are putting every social justice warrior in the same camp, 
all the social justice warriors are not right if they're coming out of this presuppositional Marxist theology, uh, but we want to make sure that we use insight, intelligence, and compassion and courage as we talk to them. And so it takes a lot of discernment. And so the presuppositional root of the woke tree starts with Karl Marx. And what grows out of that presupposition, we have critical theory about social issues. And so from there, the critical theory tree grows into many branches. And some of these limbs intersect with each other, while others do not. I don't want to over-metaphor you here, but let me borrow another metaphor, because I really want you to understand this idea of critical theory. And so you can think of critical theory like a bowl of soup. And so you have a bowl of soup that's labeled critical theory, and inside that bowl there are many social constructs. I want to give you a list of about seven or eight social constructs, and this is not an exhaustive list at all, but I just want you to see some of the limbs on the tree or some of the things that are inside the bowl of soup of critical theory. Here are some of those constructs. One, critical race theory. Critical race theory grows out of critical theory, and what it means is the idea that laws, institutions, and structures are systemically racist and must change fundamentally. If you've paid any attention whatsoever to what's going on in our culture here in 2020, you've heard the term systemic racism. That is critical race theory that grows out of critical theory that has a Marxist presupposition. Here's another one, intersectionality. Intersectionality is the study that any aspect of a person's identity, like race, like gender, like class, it can be an advantage or disadvantage. Let me give you an illustration. A black gay female, and so their, their color is black, uh, their orientation is gay, their gender is female. That is three disadvantaged groups. According to the theory, this person, a black gay female, is not as privileged as a white gay female. And so intersectionality is the study that any aspect of a person's identity can be an advantage or a disadvantage. Wokeness, which I've been talking about, is the person who opens their eyes to the social ills through the lens of critical theory. Queer theory a strand of critical theory that teaches a person how to think about or practice being gay. Identity politics. Believing your identity is the primary way you should think about yourself. Black, LGBTQ+, trans, female, etc. Your identity is really the apex of, of your thought and your launching point. Social justice. Bringing social equality to all vulnerable, weaker, smaller, or less powerful groups. White privilege. Opportunities that white people have and minorities, people of color, POC, do not have. Hegemonic power. The dominance of the most influential group exerting power and authority over the less dominant. Therefore, White privilege, it implies that we have the hegemonic power. Now, there are many more critical theory constructs, but you get the idea, and you will find more intelligent definitions for all of these con concepts. 
from those who have given more time to it. But I hope that this provides you with a basic idea. Now, the running theme through all of these constructs is two people groups. I stated earlier, the oppressors and the oppressed. In fact, if you go back through the short list of critical theory constructs that I just gave you, critical race theory, intersectionality, wokeness, queer theory, identity politics, social justice, white privilege, hegemonic power— If you go back through all of those constructs, you will see these two antithetical groups, how they are in conflict. For example, our current cultural crisis is racism. The whites are the hegemonic power. We are the oppressors, according to this theory, and the blacks are the oppressed. And slavery is the proof in the pudding, according to those who beat the critical theory drum. There is no rational person who would deny the atrocities of, of slavery. Though that time in our dark history, it, it's not as black and white as, as some folks want to make it. There is complexity with slavery in America, but if your agenda is not as objective as it should be, you will not entertain those complexities. The mind-boggling good news is that we abolished slavery— and have been progressively removing those evil barriers that keep men and women from an equal shot at the American dream. Because our founding fathers believed in the teaching of Scripture, even though many of them were not Christians, they set up our country with the best possibilities for success. They gave us a bibliocentric, a Christian presupposition. That was our starting point, and that's why our trajectory has been different, and that's why we've had so many wonderful endpoints. That's why we have been progressively changing. Anyone who takes an honest look at the 200-year trend of our 200-plus-year trend of our country will see this ever-progressing miracle. But we have our flaws. Again, no rational person would deny this. If you put 300-plus million sinners in a room, bad things will happen. It's it's like the parent who won't see a child's positive progression. Too many woke people highlight only the negative, even if it means tearing down the the very structures that provides the framework that gives them the freedom and the platform to do what they do. And we see the disintegrating of our structures in every corner of our society, including the church. There are hordes of social justice warriors lashing out within our churches seeking to bring correction or tear down the systems. It is no accident that these justice seekers run contemporary with what is happening in the culture. They are not wrong in the sense that we have problems in our house, the Christian house. Abuse is everywhere. I'm as attuned to abusive people, churches, denominations as anyone. I have not turned a blind eye to these things. We receive this information virtually every day from somebody talking about abuse injustice within the Christian house, but it has never occurred to me to remake church or remake church structures. 
The problem is, is that the fingerprints of Satan are all over these justice movements, whether inside or outside the church. There is a reason the Bible talks about the devil as an angel of light. Now, I am not saying that these innocent idealists are satanic, or I'm not even saying they're unregenerate. What person has not been duped by the devil? The devil's plan has not changed since he woke up Adam and Eve, and he will not leave us alone either. We all have our guilt, and so there's no need for you to duck. I'm not tossing a stone at you. I'm just talking about the strategies of Satan. Part of his angel of light strategy is in his sloganeering. Think about this. There is always just enough embedded truth in the critical theory mantras to allure any of us. I mean, who does not believe black lives do not matter? How clever to say black lives matter. But when you look under the hood, you see a Marxist group who explicitly states their hope to destroy the nuclear family. It's on their website. You can read it yourself. Or how can you argue against social justice? Shouldn't all Christians strive to treat all people in all social constructs with justice? The problem is that these social justice warriors inside the church, whether innocent or not, they're tearing down the historical church structure and installing a worldview that has its roots in Karl Marx, the Frankfurt School, and critical theory. As you move across the spectrum of proponents of the critical theory, well, you're going to move away from these so-called innocent idealists, and you will eventually run into the most hostile of these adherents. Again, all woke people are not the same. And when you get to this anchor point on this side of the spectrum, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna run into some angry, vindictive, anti-God. And, and they would feel no sympathy if a white person were to become a casualty of this culture war. I'm not going to illustrate their hate speech here, but if you're interested, you can jump on Twitter. I don't recommend it, but it is there front and center. These are not unaware, innocent Marxists who want to destroy America and any other country that believes differently from them. They are the angry cancel culture on steroids. As the non-peaceful protest demonstrate, there's peaceful ones, but as the non-peaceful protests demonstrate, these people on this end of the spectrum, they're not hiding the ball. They want to destroy any person, any group that can exert power over them, whether it's the police, white people, men, etc. They won't admit how it's only a minority within all of these groups who are abusive. For example, Robin D'Angelo teaches all white people are guilty of racism in her wildly popular book, White Fragility. According to her, if you admit you are a racist, well, you're guilty, whether your admission was genuine or you caved to gaslighting. If you deny you're a racist, you prove your guilt by your denial. It is a non-falsifiable circularity along the lines of the Salem witch trials. Throw a witch in a pond. If she drowns, well, she was not a witch. 
If she walks on water, she was a witch, so they burn her at the stake. Either way, she dies. According to Robin D'Angelo, it doesn't matter. If you deny it, you're guilty. If you don't deny it, you're guilty. The innocent idealist will do similarly as an angry activist, though they will accomplish their goals with less vitriol. Those who adhere ignorantly or not to critical theory do so because they believe in their version of utopia. The word utopia means no place. It does not exist. And I wish it would be great if our marriages, our churches, our workplaces, it would be great if our culture were better. It would be better if I was better than I am. But the Bible narrative teaches a sinful world that Christ came to redeem. And if you look at the lives of authentic Christians, and I do qualify that by saying authentic Christians because everybody that says they're a Christian, they're not the same. Like woke people, there are different gradations. But if you look at the lives of authentic Christians, you will see this progressive sanctification. What you won't see is perfection, but you will see a progressive transformation because the Bible teaches that we are a sinful world, that Christ came to redeem. And so if your presupposition is Jesus Christ, as you stand on God, the sufficiency of God's Word, it's going to send you in a radically different direction of transformation that's going to make you a better person ultimately until your glorification. But for now, us <clears throat> excuse me, us imperfect Christians who do believe and do follow the Bible, we cannot deny that there is some truth in what the critical theorist activists are trying to repair. What you don't want to do is to make their mistake of all white people are racist by clumping every social justice adherent into the same camp. It is sophomoric to write, to post, to tweet, and to talk like that. And so I'm not saying stop influencing. I don't want you to stop influencing, but I want you to do it the right way. I want you to ask God to give you the courage to stand on your platform no matter how big or how small. Too many Christians are afraid to speak out. You can see it on Facebook. So many times you'll see somebody post something that is somewhat controversial, like, say, this article here, and they will preface the article by saying some version of, don't throw rocks at me, but please read it's almost as though they're hiding under their covers and they're saying, please read this, but don't hit me. Christians have been censored and now they are self-censoring themselves because they are afraid to speak out. And so I'm not saying stop influencing, just influence with discernment according to the platform that God has given you, no matter how big or small it may be. You really don't have an option in this matter other than to speak the truth in love. You have a light, and you have salt in your knapsack. Jesus appeals to you to use those redemptive tools. The title of the podcast is Two Degrees of Woke, the Innocent Idealist and the Angry Activist, and, of course, all those points in, in between. Here's the call to action. What I Will you do these four things? 
in response to this podcast. Number one, study critical theory and its constructs, all of the limbs that grow out of critical theory. If you want a good resource on this, one of the best ones that I have read, and I've read a good bit about this, is, is Neil Shivney. Uh, I'm sorry, Neil Shinvey. He's one of the most balanced, intelligent, and thorough students of critical theory. I have a couple of links here in the call to action. You can read his autobiography You can uh, on his website. and Get to his website, and you can also read. He's got a ton of resources on critical theory. All right, so study critical theory. That's number one. Number two, continue to examine yourself, but not in an overly introspective, navel-gazing way. Please don't do that. But ask God to give you appropriate biblical clarity about where you are with these matters. And so study critical theory, number one. Number two, continue to examine yourself, the log in your eye, of course. Number three, as you are educating yourself and examining your soul, talk to those within your peer group. Some of them you will have to guide. You'll have to lead others you'll be able to have reciprocal conversations with you, meaning that they got a little bit of game and and they have the courage and the grace to be able to interact with you. Those will be some fun conversations. Others you'll have to guide. So as you're educating yourself and examining your soul, start talking to your peer group. And then number four, ask the Lord to give you the humility, the wisdom, the compassion, and the courage to influence those who could use your help. And as always, if you want to talk to us, please talk to us about this subject or something else. Our ministry is underwritten by those who support it, and we do have the ability. We do have the team in place. We have the resources in place, and we would find no greater joy to come alongside you to advise in any way that we can. And so take this article, Two Degrees of Woke, The Innocent Idealist and the Angry Activist, and you could spend a couple of weeks studying this. Thank you so much for listening. Have a blessed day.